better product and unique features and creative marketing, great, but it's really about leaning into the structure. You do this, you build this solid foundation and your likelihood of success just goes way, way, way higher. In fact, I would say even higher than even being innovative. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders, a show where we interview people committed to making their next million through passive income using real estate, brokering, e-commerce, and beyond. If you're a passionate business builder yourself, visit VoltageB2B.com to get in touch now. So we were just in flow having an amazing conversation for I don't know how long now, but I wanted to go ahead and hit record because we were getting, we were just, we're having some great conversation stuff. Probably much, none of it's going to end up on this podcast for the next 20 minutes. Uh, Guys, welcome to the call again. This is Matt Harward. He's a long time. Matt, I've known you probably like, gosh, how long now? We got to be pushing a decade. Go. Yeah, no, at least. Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah. The company where you and I got together, I was at Intertech, which I founded in 2011. But we started off as a software company. So it was a couple of years before we turned into products and Amazon. Gosh, that was like so about 2013-ish? 2013, 2014, Good probably grief. sometime wow, around time is yeah. So we've been around each other for a long time. <laughs> Almost two sides of the coin, although you did learn Amazon and we taught and we did and, and it was amazing. And, and doing that, you kind of extrapolated that and went into a, a, a bigger version of it. Um, and let's unpack some of that today as people are, are listening to, to you. Give a, give a little backstory. You know, this is we keep it kind of 20 minutes here and we'll wrap yourself into the combo and, and what we can teach and, and give some people some value today. But so they get a little head up uh, uh, on who you are. Um, share a little bit about you. So first of all, uh, you can't buy all the gray and everything here. Uh, I've been I've been playing this game for a long time, much longer than most people have. My background's actually in tech, I have a software background, I'm a software developer. Uh, my first successful company was actually a tech company that I sold to a Fortune 500 company. Um, I thought software is what I was going to do. But I discovered as kind of the, the, the world started moving and marketing, and I like business, but as, as algorithms started taking over marketing, uh, the Amazon algorithm, which is something, Neil, obviously, that you're an expert at, uh, Google's algorithm, Facebook's algorithm, TikTok, Twitter, uh, YouTube, you know, whatever it is, algorithms increasingly are, are, are running things. And I discovered about, uh, in that time frame that we were just talking about when I, after I co-founded Intertech, Intertech started as a, a software company. We were writing apps and subscription apps, security apps. Um, we got that up. We were doing about, uh, in the neighborhood, about $4 million a month on our, on our apps, our security apps. And, started realizing, wow, what we're, what I'm really good at is understanding these algorithms and not necessarily manipulating them. I don't believe in manipulating because that usually gets you into trouble, but it's, yep. but it's, man, if I can make the Google algorithm, so when I have my software, the, the app company, it's if I can make the Google algorithm actually love me, if I could figure out how to work with that, I'm going to be way better. Yep. And, uh, and sure enough, that's what, that, that's what happened. And part of how that happened was we developed tech. I, I rely heavily on tech, but it was, we were running at any given point, we were one of those companies that, you know, in a month, I would run 1,200 split tests in a month. And the only way to do that is through automation and kind of leveraging the tech side of it, in addition to the human side of it. Eventually, we started playing in the physical product space on in, on Amazon. So, Neil, that's when I found uh, you guys. I don't I don't remember. What was it called back then? <laughs> we were Sim- in Sambrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so I, I'm a big, I like to learn and I kind of, started nerding out on that. And that was kind of my transition into e-commerce. But even there, 
we went on to Amazon and it was more a game of, I want to figure out the algorithm. It's why, Neil, when, when I first found you, it, it was a very, very simpatico, you know, symbiotic relationship because the language you were talking, you were coming at it from a different standpoint as I was. You, you, but you talked a lot about structure and, and it, you know, you, you structure it this way. You get that, that algorithm to love you. And again, not to manipulate it because those are all the people that get delisted and that fake their reviews and, and do all of that. Cause that's by the way, what at the time, what you were competing with, you're competing with the people who are saying, yeah, you're going to pay people to give reviews and you're going to pump this stuff and you're going to do these things that ultimately aren't sustainable. And so, so as I got into it, that was, that was what intrigued me with the Amazon algorithm, or sorry, with Amazon wasn't the product side of things. It's here's an algorithm that if I can figure this algorithm out, the opportunities for, I'm going to say wealth and riches, Neil, you know, that's not actually, I'm not that guy who's chasing that, but, but when I talk about of, of figuring it out, no doubt benefits, yeah, let's call it. The, the benefit of it, there's huge upside to figuring this out. And so I went off, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I, Neil, you and I have had some of these conversations, some of them we haven't, but I was testing so much automation on Amazon and, you know, losing, getting accounts shut down, and, <laughs> but also not getting accounts shut down yep. and really trying to apply the automation side of it. And then you came in and provide this structure side of it that I didn't have, but that structure and that automation came together. And, and when it did, and it happened fast, I wish I had some of our old conversations, Neil, because I know you've got the timeline somewhere in our emails, but it was like 90 days to seven figures and 120 days to eight. You know what? Maybe it's six months to eight figures. About six to eight months, we broke 5 million a month, right? It was fast, fast. Once we married those two things together. And so on the Amazon side of it, I built, I uh, had an essential oil brand on Amazon, uh, a couple of them actually. One of the things that Neil taught me, same product two different audiences, three different audiences, technically, but, and we just dominated. And then we got lucky too, because Amazon, they had a beta program for hazmat warehousing, and then they shut that down, but we got grandfathered in and just to do what we were doing became very hard to compete with it. And we just killed it for years after that. Now I had exited by then, but last year in like March, that brand, that Amazon brand sold for $72 million. But prior to that, we were doing about $55, $60 million a year on Amazon just with, it was not with great creative marketing and like super innovative products. It, it wasn't those things. It was, we're going to have reasonable stuff, but we, we're going to have really good structure. And then we're going to apply some automation to that. We're going to do some other things to move fast and move like that. And that's the part, Neil, that was probably different. I don't know necessarily that was your coaching on that side of it, but but that we're going to go really big with this, with really solid structure. Uh, that that took off. I, I still don't know anybody. I know that they're out there, obviously, but none of my friends. I got a pretty good community of people who run Amazon stores and everything else. I still don't know anybody who's who's got the level that I got to on on Amazon. And then that was followed up quickly with power boards, hoverboards. You probably don't even know this story, Neil. And, and by the way, tell me to fast forward if you want to. No, no, I do remember the hoverboards because we rode okay. one around the San Diego convention. Remember oh, that's we right. I brought, yes, I spoke at your event and I, <laughs> and I rode one of those things around. So everybody yep. remembers the hoverboards. Well, when those came in, before those even got big, we saw those and we thought, okay, we want to own that market. We ended up being the number three uh, brand of, of those hoverboards in, uh, in all the world. And 
So we went out and we thought, we're going to lock up all the Chinese manufacturing on this. And we did. We went out and we were buying up all of it that we could handle. We ended up doing, in a very short period of time, about $70 million in those things. We were doing uh, over $400,000 a day on Amazon selling those things at, at one point. Had good profit margins too, because they were they were. Flat they started up. off with good margins, but here's yeah. the thing that I, that we underestimated. This, this ended up, by the way, this is not a win for me. This is not one I talk about a lot because <laughs> even though we exploded it and we opened up 27 physical stores across the United States, so we had physical look at, we had all kinds of stuff going. We we had we had really said we were going to dominate that market. We underestimated how easy it was going to be for all these other factories in China to spin up after we thought we had like we we'd eaten up all the supply for the holiday season and nobody could come in. Cheaper versions started coming out. Lower prices started coming out. The ones that started catching on fire and exploded. So that, and that, by the end, within like six months of that business, yeah. we had to have a govern uh, like an FTC mandated recall and you know free replacement with a brand new UL. Like it was a nightmare, a total nightmare on that. But I also saw the power of how fast when you get those things right. You can you can blow it up, oh, but you also can. how fast it can crash it, down. It still right? works that way, right? So that same structure we built and developed eight years ago, right? That same and, and the reason why I, I know that, and I'm sure you know this from our conversations in the past, was we built those latent semantic search engines inside of IBM, right? So once I saw how the A9 engine was working, we just went back and reverse engineered uh, the different data points and looked at the engine and understood how to make it respond. Like, why, what did it want to learn? So we call it the dance, right? How do you dance with this engine? So it rewards you. You don't have to fight it. And so many people fight it, Matt. This is where you actually understood something that I still get people who have a trouble finding it. And the ones that don't right now are the, and the ones that got it, they're trying to hold back uh, sales because they're waiting on inventory or they would easily be breaking a million dollars a month right now because we have a little bit of supply chain problem. The algo still works. The structure is still the same and you can still blow the crap out of it. You just got to work on supply chain a little bit, which is both a pro and a con right now, right? Agreed. Because it's the, it's a barrier also. And it's a challenge right now for sure. Now, when I left there and, and Neil, you and I talked, by the way, nerding out over the algorithm was one of the things that I really enjoyed doing with you on the Amazon side. It was A9, but that is very, that's compatible. I'm a nerd at heart, very much so. Yeah, but you understood the basic principles of the component, and that's the thing I want to resonate with here. Yeah, you got to have a good brand. Yeah, you got to have a good product because that'll destroy you, especially with the reviews, as you know. But at the end game here, the system will give you the traffic and the sales when you play nicely with it. It really, and there are three avatars of doing that, and that's the what I want people to understand in the profitability matrix. So many play in that mosh pit, which is where you were at when we found you. You were down there romping around in this mosh pit. I was. We, we, I, I had just launched like two weeks before I found you. We had launched 12,000 SKUs on Amazon with remote controls, just trying to play. I mean, we, I was in that mosh pit, like just stuff. And, and, and look, I think that most small business owners don't get where they are if they don't have that bias towards just do stuff, execute. Execute you know, imperfectly. Execute imperfectly. You talk about that a lot. But there comes a time in your business where if you can – have that bias towards execution, but yeah. apply a really solid decision framework. Structure yep. is the word yep. that I'm going to use. Yep. And, and you can apply structure. That's what lets you go. It's really hard for most people. I know a lot of business, a lot of e-commerce owners who have that two to $5 million a year business, mm -hmm. and they just can't get out of that. And that's the right. worst spot to be because yeah. you're working 65 hours a week, 
every time you try and go bigger, it gets harder and you usually fall back further. Because you know, those aren't terribly next- complex problems to solve. And I love those people, right? I love to work with them because they are making it more difficult if they can simplify it. And I know where you're going with this, not to cut you off, um, but you know as well as I do that there's just some really small tweaks that they have to make. Yes. Keep unpacking this because I know where you're headed with it. And eventually that's one of the things. It's not actually I figured that out. Nobody else did. As much as I discovered, I'm really well built for that. What I call is transitioning yeah. to you, you've got this path of discovery and exploration. And it's hard and it's painful to do that. Most people aren't cut out to discover and explore. Then you have what I what we call internally the managed path. And the managed path is we figured out, we discovered and we explored. We found the path. We found this, we, we, we found this structure that works there. If you just follow the structure, you're gonna be able to go a really long way, really easy. Okay. This is pioneers coming across the West, however long ago. Those first pioneers that came across, they died and it was hard and it took a long time <laughs> and, and, and and they dead ended and all kinds of crap happened. Right. But once they came across, yeah. and, and once you had your Lewis and Clarks come across or whatever it might be, for everybody else, it's super easy to the point where now, Neil, what, where do you live? Ozark. In, okay. Missouri. So if you wanted to go from there to Oregon and follow that path, yep. now you get in a car and it's super easy. You can drive fast. You can, it's going to be safe. Uh, you can have food along the way. So what I discovered I was particularly good at is transitioning from that there's only so far that you can do on a pre-existing route. I love courses and all that kind of stuff, but it only gets you so far. And then you've got to figure out how, well, I need to come up with, with more structure. Your structure. Most people overemphasize, I need something innovative and sexy and unique. I see people talking about sales funnels and it's like, yeah, we're going to make it, we're going to sex it up. And it's like, yeah, you know what though, dude, if I'm selling, not everything's innovative. Most of the products I sell are not innovative products. They're just products. They're good products. They're evergreen products. They're in-demand People, products. They're evergreen products. Okay. Someone is wanting to buy the one now, but same they may stuff. buy another one next year, right? I've been selling the same stuff for four years and yep. doing just now I'm doing a hundred million of it <laughs> instead of two million of it. Right. But first of all, people overestimate how much innovation they need. They overestimate that my product's got to be super cool and super different. They overestimate, I don't know how to make that look fun or I, I, I can't go out and shoot these high, super cool videos or funny videos. I can't be the, uh, no twerking on TikTok. No, for you. Well, that's a whole different thing. That's a different <laughs> channel for me. TikTok yeah. and only fans. Um, nice. My experience is you'll get way, way further faster on structure than you will on creativity. than you yeah. will on innovation right. and you can add innovation. Right. Innovation is a great, barrier to entry. It's a great booster. And truly innovative companies deserve to be here. I spent as a software guy so long trying to follow Microsoft. And then I realized Microsoft's not reproducible. It makes yeah. no sense to even right. try. Right. Anyway, as that company approached 300 employees, it was driving me nuts. And I got in, and I exited that. And I got into DTC. So I went away from Amazon. I got into direct to consumer where I'm in control. It was important to me to control my audience and the relationships there and it is important to me to control the selling process and got onto Facebook. And, and after Facebook, so I had a couple of multi-eight-figure brands at Inatech, one digital, one was an app, and then I had the, the power boards, excuse me, the hoverboards, power board is the brand, and, um, and then the essential oils. And then on Facebook, I went on, that was the alg- kind of the next algorithm that I picked. And on there, we had uh, three more e-commerce brands that physical product e-commerce brands 
Yes, they're sold on Amazon, but Amazon last year maybe represented $2 million to us. Shopify was another probably eight to $10 million. But, but then there's another $90 million that come from direct selling off of Facebook. And, and again, it's this concept of not Facebook's better than Amazon or better than Google. It's just, here's an algorithm that I can lean into and build into and, and create structure around such that people can run really fast now on, on, on this path. Even if the discovery part of it is painful, that's, that's $54 million of ad spend on Facebook trying to sell my stuff. And not all of that $54 million was, was, was productive and effective, right? Well, you got good data, like call it what it was, right? Yes. So, uh, but, but it has led to back to back 2020 and 2021, um, my e-commerce brands uh, were in the 500, top 500 fastest growing companies in America. I, I sent you this last night. It was somewhere like 1,300% growth in the last three years. That's we're, we're, we're ranked number I remember when you called me three years ago and I was in Phoenix and I was going to connect with you, but we couldn't get the schedules together. And you told me, hey, you know, you, you said uh, I was busy working on something we could. Oh, it was getting into the first 500, Fortune 500. Uh, you were like, I'm going to break this in the next three months. And you had something you were working on. Sure enough, you did. Yep. Which was and, amazing, and, right? And we did it. And on the way, we had our first million dollar day and, and you know, all of these things to where now it, it's uh, um, because Inc. 500 goes a year in 2021. It was for 2020 yep. fiscal year, but I, I want people to know these are audited numbers. In order to be Inc. 500, it's audited. You've got CPAs signing off on it and everything else, but it's 65 plus million dollars in revenue. Um, uh, like I said, 1300% growth in a three-year period. It's a legit, what I call a CEO scale business, a business that all founders are like, oh yeah, I'm president and CEO of my company. It's like, oh, you're CEO of the remote in your living room, really. But this is like a legitimate executive team, board of directors that, and I realized that I I really, that's, I'm good at that. I'm, I'm good at this, at that discovery process. And I've leaned way more into structure and and where I can apply innovation to that and where I can apply, you know, better product and unique features and creative marketing. Great. But it's really about leaning into the structure. You do this, you build this solid foundation and your likelihood of success just goes way, way, way higher. In fact, I would say even higher than even being innovative. Innovative companies, it might shock people, innovative companies actually rarely win. Most of the time, it's somebody who comes in and just takes their innovation anyway and, and then goes Certainly off. you're caught in a cycle of innovation. And, and yep. we've talked about this before, right? I mean, if you innovate a product into the market, make sure it's an evergreen product. Don't go into like electronics per se. If you're going to have to find yourself always being on the cutting edge of the next well, electronic. Last time I was in China, there were a crazy amount of innovative fidget spinners. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and now yeah. I just, I bought some just so I could have them. So I could, that, the, cause they were intense, like led lighting and, you know, super special ball bearings and all of these things. Right. Like somebody put time and effort into making this thing. And literally at 45 days later, not only did it not matter, it was actually an albatross around their neck because they paid for all the the dyes and the castings and all of this other stuff that they couldn't recoup. And the reason that they're selling these things at these street vendors in China is because if they could sell them here for full retail, that's what they'd be doing. That's right. Otherwise, it's a 99 cent race to the bottom. 
So you talk about that structure and innovation, obviously, uh, without going too far into detail, you are reinventing yourself now. You've exited those two nine-figure companies. Uh, you are in kind of a, uh, how, how would you say this, sort of a reflection moment in yeah. life. Um, had, and, had a health scare last year. It's been, Had a little uh, bit of health scare. You went, know, went without, a good six months where I couldn't work and, and, and do things, and it makes you think. Starting sure. to refocus on the next steps, next things in life, purpose, direction. Uh, what sort of is in store for you, Matt, now that you're sort of like paused uh, and are kind of, I don't know, on your mountaintop, uh, singing <laughs> Kumbaya a little, wondering, <laughs> meditating? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that's true. I mean, some of that stuff, honestly, Neil, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the coming out of the, the dark, the, the dark side of that. Let's just say the... The haze. Yeah, and the part of this where all I was focusing on was getting my health back um, together and and coming out to thinking about this. And, you know, my first option was, I'll just go back to Harvard Media. That makes sense, right? But then realizing, gosh, but there's a lot about that that it just doesn't work for me, you know, right now with where I'm at in in my life. And so I I think a a big part of it for me is just I'm looking to find those people. And, and I'm a really good, I think, partner to have to do those things for people to say, let me, let's figure out, let's go through this discovery and exploration phase. Cause it's hard and it's painful and most people don't do it very well, but then let's get it to managed path, the stuff we know, and just run it like crazy and really, really scale. So I, I don't, finding those people, finding the people where, but also getting a, I was always a, I'm going to, I'm going to work and I'm asleep. I'm going to work some more. I'm going to sleep a little bit. I'm going to work some more. And getting into a better space of, uh, I just want to leverage the stuff I do really well and let go of all the stuff that just doesn't matter to me, or it's a hassle to me, or it's a frustration to me. Product is a frustration to me. I believe in good product and all that other stuff. It's just not where if you give me an hour if to work on a business, it's not going to be what what's the feature I can add to this product. You give me an hour to work on a business, it's What's the psychology that I can work on here? What's the structure? What is something that I can automate, that I can accelerate, that I can go faster, that I can be more agile? That's where I want to spend my time and my focus. Yeah. Who's that customer? Who's uh, getting in a servant leadership aspect, understanding what they want, and then providing them with that value? Yes. Uh, something you've always been very good at. So it sounds like you got a lot of transition coming up in the year. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's cool it's to good. get in. 2022 is going to be an interesting year for me. It, for sure. it is. And well, we're, we're still in it. So happy new year, yeah. right? Because at this point of recording, <laughs> we're still in the, what's considered, in my opinion, the new year uh, with a lot of upside. But I appreciate you coming on. If there was a life tip, a thing, a last moment, to, you know, hey, put you on the spot, um, value bomb, dropping comment you know, reaffirmation moment, what would you say to people listening uh, if you would give them some words of wisdom? Oh, gosh. With where I'm at right now and the people that I'm talking to and the challenges that I see business owners going through, one of the big things that I'm really focused on right now, using that same analogy of, you know, there there are explorers who who chart uncharted waters and find uncharted paths. And it's hard and it's painful and you're going to get cut up and injured. And there's a lot that goes in to that. And then there are people who are really good at, at, at following the path. And I think there's a tendency right now, business owners want to have the, what's the magic button that I can push that just makes this easier than it actually is. And, and at the, I'm not even talking about the low end, the opportunity seekers and that kind of stuff. I just, people want to know what's the trick to scale. How have I had two nine figure companies um, and six multi eight figure brands that have been created in the last decade? What's the secret sauce? And they're constantly like, put it, you know, make a course, 
try to do this. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It only works that way up to a certain point. And beyond that, if you really want to grow your business, you usually have to go through some version of discovery and exploration. And there's no course that can do that. There's no, you know, Neil's going to snap his fingers or Matt's going to snap his fingers. And suddenly we know the, the path and the course. It's, hey, I got a lot of experience. I, I, I hear something in the distance. I, I probably know what some of the terrain is up ahead because I've been here before. But it's, you know, take the time to, to do that work. And we were talking, I think it was before this, about people who fight the algorithm and they want to fight. And a lot of that is because they're looking for the shortcut. They're looking for these other things. And I go all the way the other way of, but well, could you just lean into this? What could you do if there wasn't a, if you weren't trying to follow somebody else's recipe, if you leaned into this structure, to this algorithm, to, you know, whatever it is, how would that look different? And, and that is routinely, I see founders trying to avoid that, trying to avoid learning the hard lessons, which by the way, I'm all for not learning the hard lessons. There's hard, hard lessons, lessons and there's stupid lessons. <laughs> there's, right? there's big hard, stupid lessons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the stupid lesson, when I pay stupid yep. tax, it's because I could have known better. I could have just listened to Neil, but I decided, ah, I've talked to him. He's got a Midwest drawl. He, I think he's stupid. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go prove this myself. That's learning hard. I'm, I might learn the same lessons, but if I've lost 18 months in the process, that was a stupid lesson to learn, right? So there are easy lessons. The easy lessons of, oh, I, I could listen to you. I could, I could look at what these other people are going through. and, and stuff. But, but that still doesn't take away that, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to, you, you got to go figure your stuff out. So, so, so it's, it's, it's this weird kind of dichotomy of one, don't be afraid of that and lean into it. But two, don't make it harder than it needs to be. Where you should be following the, the known path, just follow the known path. Follow the path that an expert already came out and said, yeah, I know that way looks like it's a shortcut. The reason it looks like it's a shortcut is you're going to drop off a cliff two miles up the road and, and, and you see the horizon, but it's, it's not real. I, and again, ask me how I know. I know, because I because I I rode a horse off that you cliff. Fell right, I fell right off of it a couple of times. It hit every rock on the way down. Too. And hit every rock on the way down, and then a few more climbing back up. Yep. Um, on it. And again, I say that because some people like me, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's genetic. I have no idea. I'm particularly well suited to that mystery. I'm particularly well suited. In fact, I start feeling like hemmed in when I'm not doing that. When it's just gosh, my business is just running. I just got to, I got into physical products because my digital business, like I'm bored. I can't be bored in my business. But for most people, most of the time, going off and discovering a new, uh, you know, a new route from Phoenix to Las Vegas, a new route from Phoenix to Los Angeles. It's I, not where the money is. <laughs> I, there, 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 there's no value in that. If they're seeking money in that process, you're not going to find it. You're going to spend yes. a lot more doing it. If you will yeah. rapid test the the already proven path and just yeah. get through the numbers, you're going to find something that works. You, you just yeah. will. And if you're doing it in such a way that you're not fighting with the system, you will be rewarded by it. And that's a simple concept. Beautifully well said by you. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Your experience is, is unique, but your understanding is uh, definitely something everybody should apply to their life and business. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this year. And I really much, very much appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your insights and wisdom with us. Man. Awesome. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders. 